Happy Thursday and welcome to Not Boring. So today is something I think a little bit different for a lot of the people who are new to Not Boring. Uh, we're doing a Not Boring investment memo. So this will be the third investment memo and the second Not Boring syndicate investment. So here's how it works. I like writing about companies that are very, very big and companies that are very, very small with the potential to become very, very big. Mondays are typically for the former. And about once a month, I'm going to use Thursdays for the latter. So here's how it works. So Not Boring sources and analyzes early stage deals, typically at the seed stage or earlier. For the exciting companies that we plan to invest in, who give us an allocation, I write up a Not Boring investment memo like I did for Apt and Composer and like I'm doing today. Accredited investors will have the opportunity to join the syndicate on AngelList to receive more information on the deal, including a deck and terms. We'll invest together, bringing the strength of the Not Boring family to bear for the companies that we back. For sourcing the deal, writing the memo, and running the deals, the syndicate leads receive a 15 to 20% carry, meaning that 15 to 20% of the upside if the deal has a positive outcome. There are no management fees, meaning that I get nothing if the syndicate doesn't make money. The first deal that we did through the syndicate was a huge success. We committed even before a lead investor was in place and oversubscribed our $100,000 allocation into Composer. The syndicate today has 146 backers, ranging from founders to investors to operators from the U.S. to India, and welcome any not boring reader who is accredited. And that definition, thankfully, is broadening soon to include more people. I'm really excited about it for three reasons. One, not boring gives entrepreneurs a platform to tell their stories. The more complex, the better. Two, it gives us a chance to put our money where our mouth is together. And three, it takes startup investing out from behind closed doors, whether you're investing or not, I think you'll find the thought process and analysis valuable, interesting, and approachable. This isn't rocket science, and the proof is that I'm not a rocket scientist. The syndicate means access to capital for entrepreneurs and access to unique deal flow for the not boring fam. Which brings us to today's deal, Oze. So a quick explainer on the uniqueness of our Oze access. I want to highlight this clearly right up front. My sister founded and runs Oze. I struggled with the decision about whether I should bring my sister's company to the syndicate or just invest myself. After talking to a bunch of people, I decided to bring the deal for a few reasons. One, each person can decide whether to invest on their own. Since this is a syndicate and not a fund, accredited investors have the opportunity to make the decision to participate on their own. I'm not committing a pre-committed pool of capital on your behalf. The choice is yours. Two, I genuinely believe it's a good deal. I'll spend the memo explaining my own thought process, but two VC firms have committed to lead the round and they're setting the terms. So this is not something where I can say, you know, we're investing at a really, really, really cheap valuation or a really, really expensive valuation to help my sister out. The VC firms set the term, we participate or don't participate. Three, unique access. If Megan weren't my sister, most of us, including me, likely wouldn't have the opportunity to invest in a West African fintech startup. Four. I bring every deal that I invest in, so I've committed to bring any deal that I'm investing in myself that will work with the syndicate to the syndicate. And last, and most importantly, I have deep trust in the founder. I have 31 years worth of data to back up my faith in Megan. I'll brag about, their, uh, I'll brag about her in the write-up, but I trust her more than I trust me. Ultimately, it's a big reputational risk to bring my own sister's deal to the table, and they have the commitments to raise what they need with or without us. It would be safer to just invest in this one myself and not get the syndicate involved. Early stage investments are always more likely to go to zero than succeed. But I really love this deal, and it's certainly not boring, so fuck it. Let's get to it. Not boring investment memo. Oze. Introducing Oze. On Monday, 
I wrote about two Irish brothers who dropped out of MIT and Harvard to launch a US-based fintech company, Stripe. Today, I'm writing about my half-Irish sister who graduated from MIT and Harvard and runs a Ghana-based fintech company, Oze. In the US, we take accounting software for granted, and banks regularly give loans to small businesses to help them grow. In Africa, where small businesses are the backbone of the economy, most businesses still use paper ledger books to record transactions. That means poor insights, lack of access to credit, and too often, failure. Oze is bringing African small businesses into the digital era with a combination of mobile record keeping, invoicing, loans, and soon payments. They use behavioral tactics to get people to consistently enter data with machine learning to use that data to underwrite loans. To be sure, building a business in a developing country is high risk. Oze was the first subscription app in Ghana, for example. So not only did they need to educate users on mobile accounting, they needed to educate them on the business model. There was no guarantee that it would work. But high risk can mean high reward. By being first to market, Oze has mouthwatering customer acquisition dynamics and the ability to win bank deals that a company of its size would never win in a more developed market. Being first to build necessary infrastructure in a rapidly developing country requires extreme patience in the beginning, but if you get the product and market and the onboarding and all of the little details close enough to write, it starts compounding in multiple ways at once. That's where Oze is today. Because my sister runs Oze, it had to jump an even higher bar than normal. With that in mind, I'm excited to bring this opportunity to Not Boring for five reasons. One, the product. Oze combines local market knowledge and an outsider's design thinking to build an accounting product that customers somehow love in a hard but valuable problem space. Two, there's a bank deal on the table. Oze is completing a technical proof of concept with one of Africa's largest banks to digitize their merchant working capital loans. The commercial agreement is a profit share, and in 2019, the bank did over $1.5 billion in loans to small businesses. In a relatively conservative case, this deal would generate millions of dollars in net revenue for Oze. The company is raising this round to support hiring for that deal. Three, the world's fastest growing market. West Africa is home to many of the fastest growing economies in the world. The digital record keeping opportunity is $960 million in Ghana and 18 billion across Africa just today. And at current growth rates will be 60 to 100 billion in a decade. That sounds insane and I'll explain it later. Four, huge investors are backing similar businesses in Southeast Asia. Sequoia has backed record-keeping businesses similar to Oze in India and Indonesia, two markets with similar growth and market characteristics to West Africa, Katabuk, and Bukukas. And five, the team. Megan is the perfect person to run this business, and her co-founder, Dave, is the best digital marketer in Ghana. Alisa Wadogo, the, the tech lead, is a Burkinabe developer with 10 years' experience leading engineering teams in the U.S. and Ghana, and Dr. Tite Yokose, a Benin-born MIT PhD, runs Oze's critical data and analytics. The team's credentials are massively important to winning bank contracts. The idea for Oze came out of Megan's experience working with small businesses while she was in the Peace Corps. Countless hours of manually copying ledgers from paper notebooks into Excel gave her a nemesis and a goal, kill paper ledgers. How businesses run in West Africa and why that's a problem. When I went to Ghana last year, my sister took me to the markets. Markets there are different than markets in the US. Here, each vendor is equipped with a square reader that handles payment and record keeping automatically. In a Ghanaian market, vendors take payment in cash and record the transactions with pen and paper. Paper ledgers are a problem for two reasons. One, businesses can't use their data to make smarter decisions. They're hidden in notebooks. And two, you can't walk into a bank with a pile of handwritten books and get a loan. 
Those two factors team up to doom small businesses to continued smallness or failure. While there aren't any scaled digital record-keeping companies in Africa, there are digital lenders. But since they don't own the record-keeping, they actually don't have a good way of knowing who's a serious borrower. As a result, they mainly target consumers instead of small businesses, because consumers need smaller, and therefore less risky, loans. Tala, which has raised over $200 million and is valued at $800 million, typically starts with really small loans of around $20 and then increases loan sizes up to $500 as customers repay progressively larger loans. So they're not underwriting based on any special data other than whether customers are repaying that loan. But there's a problem. Like any system that can be gamed, people game it. There's a well-known phenomenon called spinning in which people work their way up the chain, paying back loans of $20, then $40, then $100, and so on, up to where the largest loan is, about $500. And then they default and run away with $500 in their pocket. In Kenya, where Tala lends, the Central Bank of Kenya doesn't allow lenders to blacklist consumers for defaulting loans under a certain amount. So spinners can move to the next app, no worries. Digital record keeping makes spinning nearly impossible for small businesses. Diligently submitting cash transactions and building credit for a business only to take a loan and run away doesn't make any sense, particularly when there's no other app to jump to to rebuild credit and their credit history can't be accessed until they start repaying. You need to be able to analyze your data to run a good business, and so paper-based ledgers are bad for business. You need to be able to access credit to grow your business, and so paper-based ledgers block growth. As a result, small businesses in Africa are left without the necessary information or access to capital they need to run successful businesses. How Oze is solving the problem. Oze kills the paper ledger and replaces it with mobile digital record keeping, helping small businesses in Ghana and Nigeria make smarter decisions, present professionally to their customers, and receive affordable loans to help grow their businesses. By starting with record keeping, Oze is building a proprietary behavioral and financial data source on top of which it's building machine learning powered credit models. So far, it's working. 97% of customers who have used Oze for at least three quarters are profitable and or growing. Extraordinary results for a market in which most small businesses fail. There are some startups like Katabuk and Bukukas that do record keeping and others like Tala that do digital lending. And I'm talking globally here, uh, not specifically in Africa, although Tala does lend in Kenya. Oze is unique in the developing market and doing both. It's similar to Square with a QuickBooks integration. Oze currently makes money in two ways that reinforce each other. One, subscriptions. Oze is a small business SaaS product that gives customers the ability to track unlimited sales and expenses for free in the app. If they want to send unlimited digital receipts to customers, send payment reminders to customers who bought on credit, download their data, add employee accounts, or access several other features that make Oze more powerful, they need to upgrade to a paid monthly subscription, which runs about $2 to $20 a month, depending on the features that the company wants. Unlike Katabook and Bukukas, which give the record-keeping product away for free, Oze's focus on the app as a revenue-generating product itself gives it a huge advantage in lending, in a way that we'll describe shortly. Two, loans. Oze provides a modular solution to lenders. They offer lead gen, data, credit risk assessments, and digital tooling. Banks or fintech lenders can pay for any of those features a la carte or together for a fee or a percent of the total loan value or profits. Oze's record-keeping product enhances its loan product in three ways. One, it builds up the data set. 95% of transactions in most African markets, even big markets like Nigeria, are still in cash. So the only way to get an accurate picture of performance is to incentivize customers to record cash transactions. They do this by investing in making the product habit-forming using loss framing, badges and coins, and community recognition. 
Because of this, entrepreneurs record a lot of transactions. Ose users have recorded more than 300,000 cash based in the last two years. Ose's ability to get customers to record cash transactions is super valuable because very few companies use mobile money, and the ones that do don't use mobile money for most of their transactions. So a record-keeping system that captures both cash and mobile money transactions gives Ose the most complete data on small businesses. Two, using Ose helps businesses perform better. 97% of businesses that have used Ose for at least three quarters last year were growing and or profitable. Simply, businesses that are growing and are profitable are more likely to repay loans than unprofitable ones. And three, behavioral data. A commitment to consistently entering accurate data, Ose's machine learning model can pick up on the telltale signs that distinguish real data from fake data, provides important behavioral data about a business owner's seriousness. For example, are they selling to many different customers and putting phone numbers for the customers and sending them receipts? Or are they recording similar levels of salaries or other fixed costs each month? Diligently entering data for months on end is much harder than spinning and provides Ose and its bank partners with another layer of proprietary data to use in underwriting loans. Ose incentivizes business owners who take a loan to use the app during their repayment period with a small rebate for compliance. And if a business owner is active on Ose more than 10 transactions per month, they're more likely than not to be paying for their subscription. That means that while the bank or fintech is paying Ose for the loan, the small business owner is giving Ose revenue and data that will allow the app to become more powerful to the user and lower risk, and therefore interest rates, for the next loan that the customer takes. Next, Ose is adding mobile money payments. Between when the team did their first interview with a potential customer and now, mobile money in Ghana went from, what's that, to the fastest growing mobile money market in the world. To capitalize on that growth, Ose will soon integrate Stripe-backed Paystack to offer payments. Beyond direct fees, handling payments has a host of advantages. One, it increases the volume of transactions recorded, giving it better data. Two, it improves the customer experience by automating parts of the accounting. Three, it creates higher quality data for the credit model. And four, it allows Ose to scrape micro repayments from the system rather than waiting for customers to send a payment once per month. That means lower default risk, which translates to a lower cost of capital for Ose's customers. Payments make the whole cycle more powerful while also generating revenue for the company. By integrating with Paystack, they avoid building a payments company for each market that they go into and avoid the regulation and hefty central banking deposits that come with it to register as a PSP. Once Ose acquires a customer, it has multiple ways to monetize them, subscriptions, loans, and payments, increasing their LTV. It has some major advantages on the customer acquisition cost side as well. First, the Facebook CAC is currently 52 cents because Ose has some first mover advantages. One, Facebook Ads Manager is shitty and slow there, so only the dedicated use it. Two, you need a credit card, which most businesses don't have. And three, it's an auction model with few other bidders. So because of those first two factors, there are fewer people competing for the same uh, ad spots, and so Ose pays less money, 52 cents. And two, because its product supports economic development in traditionally challenging markets, Ose wins development contracts to acquire customers. It recently won a contract with the UN, which will give it $1 per customer to acquire 10,000 customers. At a 52 cent CAC, it will actually have a negative 48 cents CAC on those customers, meaning the UN will pay it essentially 48 cents to acquire a customer. Cheap customer acquisition and linked subscription, lending, and payments products create Ose's flywheel. The Ose flywheel is fueled by customers using the product, so it's a good thing that customers love Ose. A few proof points. Ose has a net promoter score of 74. According to Clearly Rated, the accounting industry average is 23. 
Apple is typically cited as the gold standard. Its NPS is 72. And some businesses struggling due to COVID had stopped paying their Ose subscriptions to lower expenses. Ose gave some of them loans, and the first thing that they spent on was re-upping their paid Ose subscription. One of those companies makes shoes. Check out their testimonial below. They took a loan from Ose and made the first three months payments on the day the first month's payment was due. Love leads to engagement. Engagement leads to better results and more data. And better results and more data make Ose customers attractive borrowers. Banks like loans too. From a small business's perspective, moving from paper to digital means access to capital. Continued compliance and improving business metrics means cheaper access to capital. And access to cheaper capital enables growth. From the bank's perspective, digital lenders mean a bigger pool of businesses to which they can lend. In the market Ose is targeting, 90 plus percent of businesses are small businesses. With no way to underwrite small business loans, banks are left competing heavily to win corporate clients, compressing rates and profit margins. So the real money for banks is in reaching down market where the margins are higher, with the proper tech and underwriting, and where there's less competition. Banks are woefully unequipped to make small business loans in the year of our Lord 2020, though. Ose's experience working with several large banks to co-create their lending product is illustrative. During one workshop, they asked the bank to map out all the small business loan approval process steps. They included multiple fax machines and an audit by, quote, PwC or an equivalent firm. And this is for a business that might be doing $12,000 a year in revenue. When they asked how many small businesses could meet that requirement, they were met with silence. Needless to say, banks are not lending to small businesses. According to the World Bank, there is a $360 billion credit gap in Africa, leaving 20 million businesses without access to much-needed loans. Even fintechs struggle to make small business loans. They can't see cash transactions, so they don't really understand performance. Ose provides the technology, risk assessment, and data infrastructure for digital lenders in a modularized fashion to meet the needs of the diversity of players in the market. Deals with fintech companies like Pesacia are as important as traditional banking deals as early proof that Ose's ability to, en to enable better underwriting, disbursement, and repayments. They set the stage for the massive opportunity to digitize small business lending at Africa's largest banks and fastest growing startups. Big new deal. The reason that we're here today is that Ose is completing a technical proof of concept with one of Africa's largest banks to digitize their merchant working capital loans. The commercial agreement is a profit share, and in 2019, this bank did over $1.5 billion in loans to SMEs. If Ose passes the proof of concept in a relatively conservative case in which loans don't grow, the credit gap doesn't close, and only 5% of loans go digital, this deal would generate millions of dollars per year in net revenue for Ose. The deal also represents additional upside for Ose. One, the potential to digitize this bank's consumer lending, which is about three times the volume of their SME loans. Two, a proof point for other large African banks for them to go and win those contracts. And three, customer acquisition for Ose's subscription and coming soon payments product. While this deal is potentially transformative for Ose in the short term, it's even more important because it would establish Ose as the leader in digital record keeping and lending to SMEs in West Africa. And West Africa is an amazing opportunity at the very beginning of its story, the West African opportunity. One of my new favorite themes to look for is the compounding effect of young users. If you can get into an underserved, high growth target market early, retain and expand with customers, and continue to acquire new low-end customers as they enter the market while also going up market to serve larger customers, your growth will dramatically compound over time. 
Oze takes advantage of something similar, the compounding effect of young markets. It's the same reason that I love Stripe's strategy. At an increasing rate, startups become big companies and young people become decision makers. While incumbents and other competitors focus upmarket on the most lucrative opportunity in the present, Stripe focuses on compounding over time. The same is true for countries. Investors are funding startups in China, India, and Indonesia at an unprecedented rate because they see the opportunity to build core digital infrastructure for a less developed market and ride that market's growth to massive outcomes. West Africa is the next Southeast Asia. According to the World Bank, Ghana's GDP grew by 6.5% in 2019 and has averaged 6.8% over the past decade. It outpaced the United States by about three times and also beat out fast growth poster children, India and Indonesia. Following China, which largely leapfrogged personal computers and went direct to mobile, which we talked about in the Tencent articles, many Africans are skipping computers and doing everything that they can on their smartphones. Smartphone penetration in Africa is growing at a 10.6% compound annual growth rate and will reach 86% of the adult population in 2025. They're adopting mobile money even faster. Sub-Saharan Africa is the world's fastest growing mobile money market, growing 39% annually for the past decade. Africa holds so much potential as a hotbed for new financial technology that Twitter and Square CEO Jack Dorsey announced plans to move to Africa for at least three months before COVID and his board stopped him. Today, the digital record-keeping market in Ghana alone is worth $960 million across records, credit, and payments. Across Africa, it's worth $18 billion. Over the next five years, the TAM is expected to grow to 60 to $100 billion. That seems silly, like unrealistic growth, but it's a result of multiple concurrent expansions. The GDP is growing at 6.5% per year, while mobile money grows 39.7% per year, while products like Oze grow the number and success rate of small businesses in Africa. It's hard to grok that kind of compounding. Luckily, though, we have examples from markets that are a few years ahead. The comps, Katabuk and Bukukas. The demographic dynamics in West Africa are similar to those in India and Indonesia. All three are large, fast-growing, and unbanked or underbanked populations with small business-centric economies that are rapidly adopting mobile and growing their GDP at about 6% rates. Similar products in those countries provide good comps for Oze. Katabuk in India and Bukukas in Indonesia both offer digital ledgers to small, businesses, small business owners. Katabuk also serves consumers and facilitates payments, while Bukukas is planning to monetize via lead gen to lenders who will lend off non-proprietary data. Both companies offer similar products to Oze, but have raised far more money. In May, Katabuk announced a $60 million Series B led, led by Eduardo Sabrin's B Capital. It has raised a total of $87 million from investors including Sequoia India and the subjects of the last two not borings, Stripe and Tencent, and is currently valued between $275 and $300 million. On August 19th, Bukukas announced a $9 million quote, pre-Series A round led by Sequoia India bringing their total funding to $12 million. Both companies have far more users than Oze and operate in more mature markets. Oze, though, has similar metrics to Bukukas, but Bukukas has spent more on customer acquisition and is competing head-to-head -head with YC-backed Bukuarang, whereas Oze does not have a major competitor on their market and is a current market leader in Ghana. If Africa continues to grow the market and evolve similar, similarly to Southeast Asia, I see a similar opportunity for Oze. The team. After college, I got a job in finance and moved to a three-bedroom apartment with two friends in New York. Megan, on the other hand, 
moved into a hut in the backyard of her host family's house in Guinea, where she would spend two years working in the Peace Corps focused on economic development. According to Forbes, when Megan was there, Guinea was the world's worst country for business three years running. To fix that, while in the Peace Corps, Meg launched Dare to Innovate, a nonprofit focused on helping entrepreneurs start businesses. It's now the largest accelerator in French-speaking Africa. A few years later, when she told the family that she was launching Oze to help digitize small businesses in West Africa, we thought it was the latest example of Megan helping others. She corrected us, quote, this isn't a fucking charity. West Africa is the fastest growing economy in the world. Megan's this weird dichotomy, generous and cutthroat, all wrapped into one. She's been helping people since she started a carnival to raise money for HIV AIDS awareness in fifth grade, but is about 100,000 times less soft or emotional than I am. In college, she studied both finance and theater. After the Peace Corps, in Peace Corps she went to work for Monitor Dublin, which got acquired by Deloitte to become its innovation practice. Monitor, which hired Megan, was started by not boring favorite Michael Porter of Five Forces fame. For grad school, she got her master's in public administration from Harvard, Harvard's Kennedy School and her MBA from MIT Sloan, all while flying back and forth to Ghana every break she got. She joined the Peace Corps and went to West Africa to help. She committed to West Africa and launched Oze because of the massive economic opportunity. Megan's co-founder, Dave Emnett, is the operations wizard at Oze, the best digital marketer in Ghana. And that the proof there is in the 52-cent Facebook hack. Dave and Megan met through the Peace Corps while he was stationed in Benin helping a food processing business get to organic certification and export to the U.S. and European markets. They worked together expanding the nonprofit Dare to Innovate before spinning out to start Oze. In addition to Megan and Dave, Oze's exec team includes Birkenabi tech lead Ale Sawadogo, who has 10 years experience running teams in the U.S. and Ghana, and Beninese data and analytics lead Tite Yokosi, who earned his PhD in economics from MIT. Jose has nine more employees in Ghana across engineering, sales, and BD. I met some of the team when I was in Ghana and was particularly impressed by Prince Martagbe, the senior customer success manager who spent hours and hours in Jose's early days going to markets and physically downloading the app onto small business owners' phones. The Jose team has the right mix of local knowledge, technical aptitude, and credentials and design thinking to build a product that both small business owners and pan-African banks love to work with. So what are the risks? Early stage investing comes with major risks and Ose is no different. As with any early stage investment, the numbers suggest that you should expect any money you put into an early stage startup to go to zero. Lighting it on fire might even be more fun. There are a few Ose specific risks to be aware of as well. One, they may not be able to successfully complete the POC with the Pan-African bank or leverage that deal into more banking deals. Two, adoption of record keeping may not become widespread in a reasonable time frame. Three, Paysac could add record keeping, although cash transactions are hard. Megan spoke to two entrepreneurs at better funded African fintechs who tried, failed, and discontinued their record keeping products. The regulatory landscape can be challenging, unpredictable, and slow. Ose's credit risk model may not outperform traditional models when it comes to predicting credit default. Successful adoption requires both financial and tech education. Default rates may increase over time as Ose has less direct as Jose has less of a direct relationship with each borrower, opacity in the market makes it difficult to assess bank deal values, and everything could go right, and there still may not be an exit opportunity. There are certain risks that neither I nor the Jose team is currently aware of that could sink the business. Again, startups are risky, particularly those in less developed markets. Which leads us to the opportunity. Jose is very early in a potentially massive market with parallels to well-funded similar businesses. 
Being early and putting in the hard work of getting businesses to consistently enter cash transactions allows Oze to own more of a business's financial infrastructure than it would be able to in a more mature, crowded market. It currently provides a digital lender, ledger and lending and will soon provide customer payments, which open the door to vendor payments and payroll. Each product reinforces the other. The ledger de-risks lending, subscription revenue lets Oze facilitate cheaper loans, and payments will gener generate revenue, acquire customers, and de-risk repayment. With these products in place, Oze is well positioned to both accelerate and ride the growth of the African economies that it serves. Today, Ghana and Nigeria, and soon, through a bank partnership, 33 African countries. When it's successful, Oze will do well by doing good, growing the African economy and growing its business with it. Midase which means thank you.